Welcome to Titan Upload Live on a Saturday morning. Got the old Tennessee cup ready to go, full of coffee, and here for you for Titan Up. Here's a perfect time to come in and talk Derrick Henry. Where you are with Derrick Henry, are we seeing Derrick Henry going forward and taking a big step forward for this Tennessee Titans franchise? Is Derrick Henry going to be the MVP again, 2020? Um, I'll show you something here in a minute from back to last summer that I basically did a show on. You know, it wasn't we just woke up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden Derrick Henry was good. Derrick Henry, even when Matt LaFleur basically tried to one-up him, uh, Derrick Henry was very, very good. And it, it took almost, if you think about it from this point of view, it took a game of the Jaguars on a Thursday night for Derrick Henry finally to prove to the coaches. Now, some of you will be like, well, Titan uploaded is all to do with Eddie George. And I, I get all that. I do. But I still think if, if you look at the season, we went back to the, talking about the Bills here. I mentioned this on the Bills channel. Derrick Henry, when you look at the game versus the Bills in 2018, guys, we were three and one. We had Marcus Mariota who couldn't feel his hand. We played two games without left or right tackles, it seemed like. We found ways to beat the Texans. We went to Jacksonville 1-9-6. We beat the Eagles in overtime. I mean, we're 3-1. and one. Now, I went off a little bit that week because we were doing a lot of Predator videos with the Predators in the locker room. And I remember Buck Rising said it was the absolute worst comment anybody's ever made. He was talking about me because I all I mentioned was, I was like, why are we worried right now? about the making videos for the Predators during a big week. I thought the Bills game was a big, big week, 2018. This makes sense. Hear me out. The Bills, going into that game, we should have beat the Bills. We played awful. Taewon Taylor fumbles the first play. Uh, Marcus Mariota had 100 and some yards. You know, we lost to a quarterback, Josh Allen, who had 82 passing yards. That's correct, 82 passing yards. Yes, Nick Williams dropped the pass. But Derrick Henry had 11 carries in that game. And Derrick Henry went for over 50 yards. He was averaging about 5.1 yards per carry. Why, why, was, why is that an issue? Why am I bringing that up? Because Deion Lewis, for whatever reason in LaFleur's offense, was the focal point. 5.1. 5.1 is what Derrick Henry was giving you. Deion Lewis, 14 carries, 34 yards. So when we look at it from that point of view, that game really was a spiral down. And then the next week we went to the game. It was at ball or at home versus Baltimore. Probably one of the worst Titans games we've ever played. I think Mariota was sacked 11 times. You're not going to throw Derrick Henry in that one. So like, and run him a lot when you're down 21, nothing. But the point I'm trying to make is Derrick Henry going into this video last summer, I felt like he was doing really, really well. Now he did have the breakout at the end of the year. We missed the playoffs, the Colts. We didn't really have a quarterback in the last game. Sorry. Big game Blaine just wasn't going to be able to get it done against Andrew Luck. But when you look at last year, 2019, I don't think any of us are surprised in Derrick Henry. I just, I don't. I think the media doesn't know how to, I think the media doesn't really know how to take Derrick Henry. Like Derrick started, he's, he's a quiet guy, but he transformed into a leader. I think Derrick Henry is our leader now. I don't know. He's the one saying speeches in the locker room. Before games, he seems to be the last one in the locker room after a game. I'm telling you, Derrick Henry, 
I'm going to give you some stats later on, compare them to Eddie George and Chris Johnson. But when you look at <laughs> you look at Derrick Henry, I mean, there's no question about I think John Robinson, I'll be honest with you, I think he kind of dropped the ball this summer. And I love J-Rob, but franchise tagging Derrick Henry, I believe we needed Ryan Tannehill. I'm glad we got that done. Ryan Tannehill is a very, these two are perfect together. They're perfect. They go, what would you say? You know, French fries and ketchup, or um, I would say Pepsi and Coke, but that's not right because who drinks Pepsi and Coke? At this, it probably doesn't happen. But you get my point. They go together. And both of them succeeding kind of is a relationship with each other. And then don't forget about A.J. Brown. I think he really excels off this relationship as well. So when I look at Derrick Henry, 2020, is 2K a really... Is that something we want? I was thinking about this the other day. Do we want Derrick Henry to rush for 2,000 yards like Chris Johnson did you know, in 2009? And to be honest with you, no. I don't want it. You know, this came out the other day. Arthur Smith supposedly said there's going to be a limited amount of carries for Derrick Henry. I mean, they're going to watch his carries. But when you compare him to other greats from the Titans, Chris Johnson and Eddie George, I mean, realistically, what do you guys think is a fair total for him per game? Because I think a lot of it will come down to what Evans can give you. If Evans is not the guy we drafted to play the backup running back role, we are in a lot of trouble. Because you honestly cannot give Derrick Henry the ball 35 times a game like we did in the playoffs. It's just going to wear him down. You go back to 2000. They did this with Eddie George. I did not realize looking at the stats that Eddie George had like eight seasons in a row with 300 carries or more eight in a row with 300 and in 2000 he had over 400 carries and that's not even including the playoffs now Derrick Henry doesn't have that load and I'm going to get to that in a minute with you just want to make sure we're all here I want to get through some of your comments before we get into this I think Derrick Henry is going to continue says Alonzo his success by the, the only way he does it uh, that is to have a legit backup running back to come in and give him rest when needed. I think that's going to be very key. We're going to get into that. Um, Joey's got a cup, a tea and biscuit. I did not bring the tea and the biscuit, but like I said, I have the old Tennessee cup, which you can see. Um, you know, I don't have a cup with my name on it, Mr. Titan, but uh, I do have a, a cup of whatever. So we got James, uh-oh, Demario. I think Henry will rush around 1,300. Arthur Smith has said he wants more and to improve the passing game and install. I think that's going to be key for the playoffs. But that's the question I think we're going to have for going forward with the NFL season is, yes, baseball can't figure out how they want to do it, but it looks like the NBA is going to come back with 22 teams. Uh, the bottom eight teams aren't invited. I thought that was interesting. And then when you look at the NFL, I think it's pretty obvious there's going to be a season. Now, I don't know if there's going to be fans, but that is the question. If... Florida allows fans to the stands, but Illinois doesn't, or Michigan doesn't. How is that going to play into the fairness of everything? Uh, Owen, I wonder if some states will not be able to hold fans. Yeah, I think that ultimately is going to be your biggest question, is if, like I said, Florida allows fans, but maybe you know Chicago doesn't, what are they going to do with that? Jamison says 25 touches per game um, be effective for Henry. Al says, yeah, we overused Eddie George just like we overused Campbell to shorten his career. And the thing is, like, the careers now for running backs are like six years. 
And Eddie George gave us eight solid years. So that is interesting for sure. And we really ran Eddie George. He he was the offense, though, right? And we'll get into that a little bit more here in a little bit. Kareem, uh, Evans low-key is the X factor if you really think about it. Or Yeah, yeah I think well, he doesn't fumble. He must have had one fumble that he recovered because all the research I did said he didn't fumble at all on his 482 carries. But Evans is going. A lot is going to be placed on him. But the question for you guys is: Can he be worse? Can he be worse than Deion Lewis? There's nothing against Deion Lewis. There's nothing against Deion Lewis. It's just the fact that Deion Lewis was put. He just came in and took over after Derrick Henry's major year. And I blame a lot of that on the Miami game. If, if I felt like Henry, for the first three weeks of the season, was getting about 15 to 17 carries a game. And he wasn't breaking a lot of them, but he didn't have a line. And in the first part of the Miami game was fine, but the second part wasn't. You, you had Mariota who couldn't feel his arm, you know, his hand, and then they brought in Gabbert. It's just totally different dynamic. And then week two and week three, we had like backup linemen. Mariota still couldn't throw the ball, so all the box were coming up from defenses. It was a mess. And they just in the Eagles game, they totally went away. I think he got eight carries in the Eagles game back in 2018. So it I think Matt LaFleur is the big reason why Henry stalled out, so to speak, in the beginning. And but you know, Derek, Derek is probably the media doesn't know this yet. They will. Derek is probably one of the coolest guys in the NFL right now. And what I mean by cool is the guy deserves to be paid. We all agree on that. Now, the years, that may be debatable, but the actual, for what he does for the Titans and how much he gives up his body for our team, Derrick Henry deserves everything. And he didn't get it. He got the franchise tag, and we can debate that. The franchise tag, we've seen Kirk Cousins kind of fall in that trap where he got the franchise tag, it seemed like, every year. There was some debates on where we're going to use the franchise tag for Tannehill. I honestly think the franchise tag is nice for a team, but I think it per position, they really should look into that more. Like there's no reason I should be able to get franchise tag as a quarterback and get $30 million, but yet because I'm a running back and I may be 90% of the offense, I only get 10 million. Like, but Derrick Henry already signed. He already signed his franchise tag. That's unbelievable. So I hope they revisit him, especially if they don't use money on Clowney or someone else. And, the, you know, this guy deserves everything. I remember him going back to college, going back to college during an offseason. It was like year number two for him. I remember him, Mike Malarkey, calling him out at a press conference. You didn't hear a word from Henry. And then the other thing with Henry is he backed up DeMarco Murray for two seasons. I don't remember hearing a word. And then Deion Lewis comes in and takes his job. And you know what? You know what Henry does? Instead of getting mad about it, you know, Salton or whatever, if Salton's a word, Derrick Henry goes to Eddie George and says, dude, what's wrong with me? How can I fix it? That's Derrick Henry. And I don't think the media gets that. The media wants to push the, the narrative that when he was on the Rich Eisen, Eisen show this summer that, or, you know, the, before the draft about how he wants to get paid like in Zeke's the floor. Remember the media just ran with that. That is not him. That is not Derrick Henry at all. So. Uh, Margarita Lopez in the house. Thanks for all you do on social media for us. Uh, you promote all of us, and I we we do uh, from the bottom of our hearts. We really appreciate it. 
Um, thank you so much for all. And a shout out to Section 145 at Nissan Stadium. So I got to give them a shout out. All right. I have a lot of your comments we want to get into. Uh, Luke says the game plan was terrible for Lewis. Everybody knew that was you know coming in. And then Evil Duck says the Miami. Basically, Butler intercepted that pass. I'm pretty sure Mariota threw an interception the next play. But don't forget the run in that Miami game from Derrick Henry. 62-yard touchdown. And they called a hold on Delaney Walker as he had a hand in his face. And he was basically being thrown to the ground almost by his face mask. And they called him for a hold. Owen, I apologize. We got a couple super chats in the house. So we got one from Owen. What's going on, Owen, man? Sorry I missed this one earlier. It says, looking more and more like fans can be at the games. Yeah, I think so. I don't know how they're going to do it and what's fair. You know, for me being a season ticket holder, you can't do the six feet apart. The, everyone that goes to games knows, especially in bigger stadiums when they fit 100,000 plus, we are jam-packed in there. There's no possible way that you would be able to do any of that kind of stuff. So it is going to have to see what happens with it, but what's fair, what's not fair, you know, all that stuff. So we'll, we'll have to keep going. And then Owen back again for more. Sorry if I got your video blocked, man. Didn't know you guys, you guys are just what I love about everybody in here. We're all respectful for one another. We love the Titans first. Um, it clearly shows we have other fans that come in. We have bill fans that are coming in. We have people, I mentioned um, on Tuesday Night Lights, we had people from Cleveland in the house, Packer fans. You know, I can't forget going back earlier, Colts. We had a lot of Colts fans in the house. And you guys aren't trolling with them. They're not trolling with us. I mean, it's just good football talk. That's why I love you guys so much. So I really, I'm honestly, I'm in the process now where I'm just clicking on comments. I don't even pre-read them because I trust you guys all so much that you're not going to say something inappropriate. And you guys know me. I'm, I'm a family-oriented show. I try to keep that family-oriented oriented all the time. And I just want to reach as many of you as possible. I want this to be a nice, I, I mention this all the time, besides the 50 likes, which are at 24, by the way, I want this to be a safe place for us to come and voice our opinion. That's why this channel was made. And I mean, sports brings us together, but why can't sports, why can't the real world bring us together too? I guess that's my my rallying cry here. And James says, all fans need to tighten up. DeMario says, teams will continue to load the box against us, force us to show that we can get the passing game going. And I think that's going to be very key. So a lot of us get on Corey Davis and we're like, oh, he's not going to be any good. I, I seen it posted in many different Titan rooms. But I, honestly, you guys, if, if Corey Davis doesn't put up any stats, if Corey Davis doesn't do well this year, and it's just kind of like whatever, like six, 700 yards, and that's all we get from him, we might have a difficult year. I'm just saying. Unless they go out and get somebody else, or Humphreys just takes a huge jump, it's going to be very difficult. We really need to have everybody. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, A.J. Brown is getting number one coverage every week this year. Every week. There's not going to be one game where they're going to take him lightly. He's earned it. He had a great rookie season. I still think he can get better. He thinks he can get better and be one of the top receivers in the league. But it's going to be tough. And he's going to face a lot of double coverage. He's going to face just a lot of focus in the defense. So let's put that in perspective. We're going to need somebody else to step up. And Corey Davis is opposite of him. So he's got to be that guy.
right? Uh, King Isaac says the O-line is key, and James agrees. So, all right. Zach says hit the likes, and Owen says Christian Wilkerson seems like a beast. It's awesome to see those guys getting work, by the way, with Logan Woodside. That's great. So shout out to Logan Woodside. All right, so when looking at E. George numbers, those carries, those do not stop. I've, I felt almost disappointed. If you think about it, now, Steve McNair didn't really take off until, what would you say, like year six. Steve McNair started to explode in the passing game. Before, it was basically hand the ball off to Eddie George or watch Steve try to run around and make a play with his legs. Or every now and then, you'd see Steve McNair just have a, a just an awesome performance like he did against the Jaguars where he had like five touchdowns or whatever. Steve McNair becomes Steve McNair probably in year six. I don't know if you agree or disagree when I talk about his arm. Now, everything else about Steve that I love, I mean, I really started loving, obviously, Steve McNair in 99 in particular. I, I seen him in 96, would have been the last year the uh, Oilers played down in Houston in the Astrodome. I remember going to that game and we got destroyed. There was 10,000 of us. So if you were at that Panthers-Oilers game in 1996, leave a comment. That would be interesting to know. But look at those carries. Year 5 for Eddie George, 403 carries. That does These do not include the playoffs. But the one thing you'll notice, why Eddie George is not going to the Hall of Fame, I think he, be, he belongs there. But the reason that's probably going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame is his yards per carry. I mean, that's pretty consistent throughout his career. It's kind of right around 4-1, but most of the time it's around 3-7. I think his career is 3.77. That's what ultimately is going to keep Eddie George out, and I don't think it's fair because Eddie George was the offense. The defense knew every time that he was getting the ball. The defense, he had to go up against those awesome Raven teams. I mean, especially when the Ravens were in their prime. So I'm going to defend Eddie George every step of the way, and I am not putting these guys up to like create a debate. I want to know what we can expect. That's why you're here. What can we expect from Derrick Henry in 2020? But when you look at the yards, the average carries per game, that's what stands out to me. Look at Derrick Henry. This is why I think J-Rob drops the ball. Because Derrick Henry is going to be very good, he's in his prime right now, for at least the next two years. Like, at least the next two years, he's going to put up numbers. And I felt like J-Rob had a perfect opportunity this offseason to give him a fair, good contract. Now, if Henry wouldn't take it, we don't know. So, shout out to J-Rob. He does awesome work. I'm so glad he's our GM. I love him to death. I don't know what the other side of the argument is. I don't know what Henry's agent is trying to get. I mean, it's I can't stand in front of you and be like, it's all Henry's fault or it's all the Titans. But what I can tell you is J-Rob gets a three-year deal, at least three years with Henry. You know he's going to produce. I'm pretty confident in those three years. And you know what? If he doesn't pr- produce in year three, well, your contract's already running up with him. Well, now what happens? Well, you franchise tag him. So we have all this money. We basically traded Casey for nothing, and we wanted to free up money. Now, we all thought Clowney was coming, and I think a lot of us still think that, and we all hope that. But if Clowney doesn't come and we don't use that money, then what was the point of getting rid of Casey? Could have got rid of him at the end of the year. But when you look at it from from Henry's perspective, I mean, 
this guy has very limited miles. Now, yes, he did have a ton of carries his last year at Alabama, but year one, 110 carries. Year two, 176. Average carries per game. Look at that stat. Year one, seven carries per game. Year two, 11. Year three, we go up two more to 13. It was year four that he got a very large amount of workload. Now compare year four to Eddie George's years one through four. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you here? Derrick Henry has a lot of miles left in the tank, and he's in his prime. Why not pay him now? Why mess around with the franchise tag? We're lucky. I'll just tell you up front. We are so lucky. We are blessed as Titan fans because Derrick Henry is a great dude, and he's team first. Towards the end of the year, he had a lot of people coming at him. He still got payback next playoffs with Frank Clark. He'll get Frank Clark. But until then, I mean, he's stepped up no matter how much he's faced, no matter if he's got an Earl Thomas running his mouth towards him. Derrick Henry always finds a way to produce, and he always does it kind of respectfully. He doesn't really talk trash. It's always about the team. When you want to interview him after the game, he wants to talk about his team. When when he got pushed over the threshold to be the number one rusher last season, it was all about those collection of guys. It was the head coach. It was the offensive line. It was the receivers. Yes, Corey Davis blocks better than any receiver ever. And Derek, they were all in this together. That's why that was so awesome to see the hugs and stuff on the sideline. Now, the media is not going to give us that. The local media, yes. I'm talking national media. They're like, well, whatever. The Titans are boring. The Titans are not boring. They're a team-first team. That's why we're good. We know what we do well. We know what we don't do well. And we stick to things you do well. That's kind of a life lesson for all of us. You know, if I don't do something well, you know, like, for example, what do I, I don't sing well. I'm not just going to sing to sing and, and just quit my job and become a singer when I'm terrible at it. The Titans, why do stuff that, you know, spread everybody out and throw it a hundred times a game. That's just not the Titans. So when you look at it, Chris Johnson, you know, the one knock on Eddie George is the yards per carry, but keep in mind, Eddie George gave you consistently like three yards a carry every time he never lost yards and he never really blew, blew him open either. He didn't like have the Chris Johnson, 90 yard runs. Derrick Henry will surprise you though. He can actually put up 99 yard runs as well. Right? So I did want to throw that stat on there for you. And then I want to throw up one more because I thought this was interesting as well. Let's let me fix it. I'm sorry. I should have put these on there. So when we're looking at 2020, these are the defenses. Yes, some defenses like the Colts got a lot better. But when you look at it from this point of view, these are the top defenses from 2019 that we face on our schedule. And I put the Titans on there just to give you some reference on yards per attempt. But don't sleep on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't sleep on the Chicago Bears. For crying out loud, don't sleep on the Lions. I mean, the yards per attempt, to me, is better than yards per game. Yards per game is nice. It looks nice on paper. But it's the yards per attempt that really, I mean, you're giving up 3.8 yards per, per, per play. Now, that's not great. If we ran the ball every time and got 3.8 yards, we would win every game. But the point is, like, when you're comparing it to other teams, this is what got me so stressed as a Titans fan right now, is we're, we were 14th, 4.2, and now we lose Casey, and everything's going to rest on Simmons. And I think Simmons can do it. 
But when you look at yards per game, you know, the Bills, their defense is pretty solid. Um, the Bears, I always think are they're very solid on defense. The Ravens are usually pretty solid. I know we ran all over them in the playoffs. Face the Colts twice a year. Colts kind of look sneaky good right here on defense. And I guess I didn't give them that much credit for the defensive, you know, part of it. But that's Derrick Henry going into 2020. So the, so the question remains for us as Titan fans, as we move slides, can he get to 2,000? Should we want him to get to 2,000? But more importantly, what is the right expectation? So when I did my mock on Derrick Henry, this is what I came up with. I, I Okay, is he going to get 5.1 yards per carry? He did last year. And when you look at the other running backs, Chris Johnson, Eddie George, it's like they peaked a few years and then they, they kind of went down. Now, 5.1, when you're getting a lot of carries, like let's say he gets 20 carries per game, 5.1, that's pretty hard to, to continue that up. I think you get Derrick Henry around 4.8, and I think he's anywhere between 18 and 22 carries per game. Now, I went with 18 just to be the low end, and I still get Derrick Henry about 1,350 yards. That's a lot of yards from a running back that's only giving you 18 per game. Now, we know Derrick takes a while to get going sometimes, and that's why we got to keep feeding him, and we can't give up on him. But this is where Ryan Tannehill comes in. Ryan Tannehill is going to be very, very important to this offense. Corey Davis is going to be important. Johnny Smith's going to be super important. And, you know, that's where a lot of these people, Evans, they, they all come into play here. Now, I don't know about our fourth receiver. That's still up in the air. Raymond, I, st- I feel confident him is at the five. We'll have to see more from that end. But as far as the line, yes, the right side concerns me. I feel like it's going to take a little bit of time to gel Kelly back in the offense, to gel, you know, uh, Isaiah Wilson back you know, into the offense. That's going to take a little bit of time. Can Nate Davis take a step forward? But I'm telling you, on the left side of the line, starting with Jones at center and moving towards Lawan Saffold, those guys are going to be ready to go week one. So I am super pumped up about that. So let's go over some of your expectations. Uh, Titan uh, Anderson says 1,300. Hey, 1,350, man. And that's, that's being very generous on the carry count. Now, if I give... I kind of did some of these, um, just throwing, messing around here. But if you look at Derrick Henry um, and you're going to give him five yards per carry, then you give him five yards per carry at the workload at what he's at. I mean, we're talking six, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm talking 1,600 yards, right? Is it 1,600? I'm all confused. But yeah, when you look at um, Derrick Henry, I think, 4.8 is probably roughly where he falls. But like I said, if you give him 22 carries a game, his number is going to go up. You know what's interesting? If Eddie George averaged five yards per carry when he was at 3.7 in 2000, Eddie George rushes for 2,000 yards. Um, that's just a fun fact for you guys. But like I said, playoffs, I mean, Derrick Henry, eight, 118 carries. yards in the playoffs. I mean, the playoffs is with the toughest time to run in the year. And he's averaging 23.6 carries. Now, I think that's too much. Derrick Henry had massive games against the Chiefs in 2017. And then he also had massive games against the Patriots and the Ravens. So when you look at it from that point of view, 23.6. I mean, he was getting carries of 34, 32, 30. It's a lot of carries. 
Uh, I don't think that's the right way. I'll be honest with you guys. I think Arthur Smith is is right. I think we've talked about this on the show. The best way to go about it is go and look at 2019. The Titans averaged roughly around 28 carries on the ground per game. That's an important number. So if you're telling me Derrick Henry's getting 18 carries, then that means Evans or a receiver or maybe another backup running back or blasting game gets about 10 carries. Okay, I think 10 carries and 18 carries for Henry is probably too high for Evans. So I think 20 kind of becomes the number. 20 carries per game. Evans gets eight. I think that's a good, that's what I would do. That's my expectations. Now, I think there's going to be, I've mentioned this on the Bills channel. There's going to be a time where the Titans are going to feel like this is, this is, this is the game we want to win. This for whatever reason. Maybe it's the Steelers. Maybe it's the Colts on Thursday night. Maybe it's a Monday night game. You know, you know, uh, Denver. Maybe it's week one. We want to show everybody what we can do. There's going to be some times throughout this season that the Tennessee Titans are going to line up and they're going to pound you just like in the playoffs. They're going to run the ball 35 times. And Derrick Henry's going to get 30. There are going to be some times this year that that's going to happen. But most of the time, I think it's going to fall around 20. And if you guys can do the math at home, you take 20 carries times 4.8 times 16, what do you get? You get around 1,600 yards? Is that roughly where we're at with Derrick Henry? So that's what I got. Let's see what you guys got here in the house. Thanks again for joining us, by the way. Let's see. We have DeMario says, Adam Humphreys will be our X factor in the slot. You know, and, and went back and watched that Kansas City game because our power went out the other day for like six hours of our internet. So I had it pre-recorded or recorded on the, the DirecTV box. Man, I mean, we were up 17-7. Things were looking so good. And then the Chiefs just, that third quarter, you know, I know I I would say the, the run by Mahomes to end the half was obviously a backbreaker. But the third quarter when the Chiefs just drove down the field, they ate up clock, everything was dink and doink, runs occasionally. They kept Derrick Henry off the field. Who would have thought they would have done that to us? Usually it's us keeping Mahomes off the field. Al says, love the chart comparison. Do you think after the tag we'll give him two or three? That's kind of what I was going into. We could have already been invested in this contract right now. We wait till next season. We have to go through this whole thing again. Then you give him a three-year deal. Well, if he's only going to give you one more good year, then you're yeah, – it's just – I just felt like he's earned it. I think it would the team looks at him. Remember when Lawan got paid? Now, there were supposedly some people not happy about that in the locker room. But when Lawan got paid, how Lawan handled it, the whole offensive line came out with him. Remember? Like when people get paid on the Titans that earned it and have worked hard and have invested in this team, the Titans, like, they embrace it. This team, I can't think of how many teams around the league that are so close as of the Titans. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. These guys go to Predator games together. I mean, they're connected. They they do just so much. You know, they do so many charity drives in Nashville. Uh, ben Jones has his, uh, his gun thing that he does where they go and hunt together. I mean, this is just, they go as a team to Fort Campbell. They work out with the military. They brought the police in. You remember this a couple of years ago? They brought the Nashville uh, police in. They did something with them, a huge event. I mean, the tight and the, they all go together. 
and they're all a part of it. They deliver season tickets, although they won't deliver them to me in Illinois, I've asked a thousand times. You know how cool this would be, though? Invite me to Nashville, I'll get a hotel, and you bring them to my hotel room. Why can't you do that? Titans won't do it, though. So, But they deliver season tickets to fans. I mean, the Titans do a ton, and that's why I'm so happy to be a Titans fan. Now, we may not have the most national media coverage, but that's okay. We know that this team is very special in our eyes, and it's awesome to see how great they are together. Uh, Ravens rush D was so overrated. You're right. They were a little bit overrated last year, and they got all the hype. Um, Miss Lopez, Mrs. Lopez says, something good has to come out of 2020 this year, tighten up family. Yeah, and seeing people work together right now and starting that process does seem that we're moving in the right direction. But like I said, so much room to grow, so much room to move on. And I, I've mentioned this a thousand times on the show, I feel like too, like one of the hardest things to do is to not talk, but to listen. And, you know, I feel like that's a very important skill. It's a, it's one of the most underrated skills in the world today is listening skills. It just is like, you come to me with an issue, I listen, but so many of us don't want to listen. And that, that's a huge part of the problem. Taylor Lewan, Luke says, has posted on Twitter, he's ready for clowning. When did he post this? Just recently? I mean, I think, Luke, you would agree with this. We've all been ready since, like, weeks before free agency opened. Titans Mafia says Henry gets 1600 I'm not going to disagree with that. I think when I did my comparison, I had him between 1350 and like 1650, like anywhere in between there, I can see it reasonable. I'm, I'm going lower just because I feel like there's more growth in the offense. And the Titans know their plan. The Titans know what they want to do. The Titans want to get into the playoffs. I don't think the Titans are going into the season saying, we are going to just all in for the best record. Because I think the Titans know that the playoffs are very difficult to win. I think they really know how important it is to play at home. But I feel like they're going to prep themselves and be ready to go playoff mode when that time comes. So there's going to be some games this year that are going to be like, what? Like, where did that come from? Are we this bad and stuff? That's just normal. If you go back and look, I remember those Miami Heat teams with LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. They kind of coasted at certain times during the season. They might lose five games straight. The media is like saying, oh, they're done. LeBron's done all that stuff. And then when the playoffs start, they just turn into a totally different team. And they start annihilating, annihilating people. And then they get to the NBA Finals. And those games are always close. But that's my point. That's what I feel like the Tennessee Titans might be this year. They're going to kind of not coast. but They're going to watch what they're doing. They're going to build, build, build. And it's all about keeping guys healthy. We know that Vrabel has the nickname Coach Cautious. But keeping guys healthy, healthy keeping them fresh, giving them some days off every now and then at practice, but getting this team healthy to the end of the season. Now there is your key for a great season. Uh, Skiddly Bop says 1536. Joey says Henry averaged 7.3 carries per game in his first year. Do you think Evans will be more than that? If you had to ask me right now, that's a very good comparison. Keep in mind that was with Mike Malarkey. So that's a little bit different, but I honestly feel that it's either that or, between probably 7 and 10, anywhere in there. A 10 is probably too high. Michael Martin, what's going on, man? Tighten up to you as well. James says 1750. 
LGRW thinks probably seven carries. Titan Anderson, probably just waking up over there in California. Thanks for giving up your time, man. Appreciate it. Oscar, 250 at 1300. What else we got? Mr. Titan in the house. Cool mask. If you haven't seen his mask, check it out. We have some really good defenses um, that we play this year. Teams are going to be ready to running attack. Believe Arthur Smith will have to mix it up more and more than he did last year. That's a really good comment. I think so. I think he's going to have to mix it up and do some different things. But at the same time, maybe someone comes out of nowhere. Maybe there's a third running back that comes out of nowhere and is able to give us a little bit too. Um, you know, two running back system usually works well. Now you get teams that have almost have like three running backs occasionally that, you know, in there. James, God bless y'all and tighten up. Uh, if massive holes, 2000 for King Isaac. And there's King Isaac. What else do we have? All right. LGRW says, are you worried about Vrabel making bonehead decisions like trying long field goals, but going forward on fourth down and one against Atlanta? Well, I think he's learned a lot. The playoffs for me has been one that I feel like, and Al agrees with Mr. Titan, but I feel like the playoffs, he really grew up. I mean, Vrabel really, really was in a zone. Vrabel was so much in a zone that he knew certain things. There are two plays that stand out, okay? And I know it's a series of plays, and it happened the week before against the Texans, but the first thing was that, sorry, my security system, people are leaving and going. Um, yes, I do ser uh, security system reviews every once in a while in the beginning of my career here on YouTube. But when you look at it, Vrabel, there are two things that stand out. The first one was the mind games with Belichick. Like, he was zoned in. We had a one-point game. The defense was playing lights out. Brady just didn't have it for whatever reason. Edelman drops the ball on uh, like a third down or whatever, third and three. There was just elements in that game. Vrabel was so dialed in. And he knew how he wanted that game to go and how he wanted it to end. And he was able to mold it in his own way. And that's what great coaches can do. They don't take these events during the game and then just be like, oh my goodness, what do we do here? He actually saw the game happening before his very eyes and he was able to get out in front of it. The second thing was Kansas City came on our first touchdown. We were up 3-0. The drive before that, first drive of the game, we kind of stalled out once we hit to the red zone. We just started becoming pass happy again. I mean, we, we do this occasionally. We had 12 red zone touchdowns in a row at one point last season. I mean, we were just destroying it. Highest red zone percentage. It's going to be key, too, for this year. But we were the highest. Tannehill, fourth highest passing percentage ever, ever in the NFL. But the second time they get down there, he runs a play against the Chiefs that the Chiefs used on either a Sunday night game or a Sunday afternoon game or Monday night, but I think it was Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, that the Chiefs use against the Patriots. He used the same play against the Chiefs. That's what Vrabel does. He did that against Belichick when they came to Nashville in week 11 or whatever when Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis went off. They tried that you know play with Tom Brady, and he kind of tripped over his own feet on the, was it fourth down or whatever? Well, he did the same exact play with Marcus Mariota with the throwback or whatever. I mean, this is stuff that Vrabel's very good at. So I'm hoping Vrabel continues to grow LGRW. I really, really do. 
two-point conversion against the Chargers in London. Yeah, that did hurt. But even before that, it's it's when you get the ball down there, you know, Marcus Mariota made some really good plays in that game, and then there were some plays that he did not make. But when you got it at the one-yard line, because wasn't there a penalty as well, just run Derrick Henry. Why make it so hard? I mean, most of the times, if you know that Henry's getting the ball, he still can get you one yard at least. That's why Eddie George was so great on this team. Chris Johnson was as well. Like Chris Johnson was hard to even tackle him to begin with because he was so smooth with you know agility and stuff. Eddie George would just run you over, and Derrick Henry can do the same thing. But I think we will get it. I mean, throwing a slant pass to Taewon Taylor as your main play there, there were two things with that Tennessee Titans team that kept us out of the playoffs, and it's a team game. Taewon Taylor and Deion Lewis. Those two on offense, we just couldn't have their consistency. Now, I loved them. They were Titans. But you would agree with me, I would hope, that Taewon Taylor, it just seemed like he couldn't make the big play. It's like he might be in a position to make the play. The Miami opener, when he stretches out, beautiful pass, and he just couldn't make it. I, I felt like that kind of summed up Taewon Taylor's career in Nashville. Still a cool dude. I'm not saying anything about his character or anything like that. I hope he does well in Cleveland, except for when they play us. But honestly, it might be hard for Taewon Taylor to even make the, the Cleveland Browns this year. And it's just, I don't know. It's just the consistency that I think he's he just doesn't have right now. And then Deion Lewis, I mean, I don't know what his expectations will be for uh, the Giants. Yeah. Again, we can discuss as a good point tomorrow. A lot of it had to do with the chiefs and that third quarter. If you go back and watch it, the chiefs were on a mission to keep the ball away from the Tennessee Titans. And I was probably after the game in the, in the post game, I was so upset with the Titans. Like, why didn't you run the ball with Henry Moore? But if you really go back and look at that third quarter, it changed. The Titans could not stop Mahomes. And Mahomes was like, we can just run up and down the field all day because I think that's what they did to the Texans once the Texans got up to the 24 nothing lead. But guys, it was 17-7. to And the next thing you knew, it was like 35-17 to in the, in the AFC Championship game. So the Titans kind of stalled out on offense. I think to DeMario's point, once we did fall behind, we did give up on the running game a little bit too early. But the Chiefs game plan, which I had no idea they were going to do, was really to take away Henry and treat him like a a top-tier quarterback. Run the clock, keep Henry off the field. The Wall of Fame, there you go. Thank you so much for, I try to do this as much as I can. A lot of these are from the Tuesday night show for the Tuesday night lights, so I appreciate your comments. It's like Jeff Champion was a a guy who was leaving us a lot of good comments um, because we were covering the Browns, the Cleveland Browns. And then everybody else just want to give you guys all a shout out. I'll leave that up for a few seconds here. But you guys, you thrive the channel. And I'm always looking to improve. I'm always looking to take this up a notch. And like I said, if we could get the call in, like a radio show, that would be awesome. But it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to take people behind the scenes. It's going to take people to... Um, you know, weed out some of the the phone messages to make sure that they're not inappropriate. There's not people coming on here to troll us. So it, it's going to take a lot of us. And um, but I am definitely looking forward to at least trying it out. 
And I want to give my son a shout out. Kid is uh, turning 11 tomorrow. And uh, he was very invested in this channel. In the beginning, he was like one of my, he was, he was my number one fan. I, I still think he is, but he was always cheering on his dad to keep it going. And there were times I was like, man, this, that first video with Mariota and Tannehill, <laughs> oh my goodness. And he, he just told me to keep going, dad, just keep going. So happy birthday. Um, tomorrow we're supposed to go live on, uh, that's why we're doing it this morning. And I wanted to do them early, try to get one out earlier. But man, that's that's really cool. So, and he's starting his own um, YouTube channel, and he wants to keep the name Upload in there. So he's doing Fortnite Upload. So there's his logo. Um, that's actually him. You know what I mean? The same picture there. So trying to keep up with my artistic skills. Uh, there is a rumor that Titan Uploads getting a new logo. So I'll keep you update up to date on that. But yeah, shout out to my son for his birthday, man. Happy birthday, son. Hope you have a great day. All righty. So back to the main page, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. We got one super chat, another one, I mean, from Joey. Um, love speaking with you guys live. HBD mini upload. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I mean, it does stink because it's it's trying to find a happy medium when to go live. And during the season, I try to go live at right around 9 because I want you guys to get out there. I want you to be able to have a chance to break down the game, get your feelings going, um, you know, hear other people that are doing great things um, because I think that's very important as well. Like I'll, I will support my YouTube community from, from the Titans all the time. I love those guys. They do great work. They're always trying to um, bring it as well. And um, I'm very excited to see those guys continue to grow. So a couple of your comments. So we got big O with the super chat, big O, Thanks so much for being a supporter, man, and and being here for the for the team and for you know the Titans community and just for me in general, man. All you guys, I, I appreciate it. Uh, happy 11th to my son. Zach says, "Tighten up, great show, man." LGRW, Michael, me too. Tighten up, uh, Michael made the wall of fame. <laughs> yeah, Michael, uh, awesome. You guys are couldn't do anything without you guys. That's why Mahomes run was so crucial because we would have still been in the lead. That's a great point, Luke. Um, you're talking about the Kansas City game and the problem the Titans faced was I don't think we were fully healthy on defense. We obviously didn't have Butler, and what pains me about that is we could have brought Butler back. You'll say, well, if we if we didn't bring Kalu back, then we wouldn't have that block punt, and we would have been eight and eight. We still would have gotten the playoffs, but. Man, isn't that interesting to, to 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 think about? At eight and eight last year, even with six teams, we still would have gotten the playoffs. But when you look at they've changed the role in the NFL, you can bring back three guys now from IR. That would have been great last year because we really could have used Malcolm Butler. And maybe I don't know what you guys feel. Um, Martellus Bennett about Tannehill. I did see that, and I think there's this is the part that frustrates me as a Titans fan because people like don't they, the media doesn't they're doing a better job of covering us but I don't think they put a whole lot behind actually looking in the Titans like we never got rid of Casey because we were in cap room issues like we had still cap room 
there are certain teams that are like negative in the cap. That is a crisis situation. That's when you have to make moves. Do you remember 2005, 2004, right around that time period? That's when the Tennessee Titans became very cap troubled. And Floyd Reese had to just get rid of a lot of players. Eventually gets rid of Derek Mason, gets rid of Steve McNair. I mean, he gets rid of a lot of guys. So when you look at it from that point of view, like I don't think the Titans were in a cap situation, but from the media's perspective, that's that's the only thing for them that made sense, so they ran with it. Tannehill, man, like he had a really good year. Fourth highest QB ever. And I know some of you will say, well, that maybe it was just kind of like they caught him off guard or you know the defenses weren't prepared because they were expecting Mariota. But Tannehill had a really, really good year. And Tannehill, just like Henry, that's why I love these guys so much, they did it the right way. Like, Tannehill didn't come in as a backup, even though he was told he was a backup. We know that J-Rob and Vrabel had bigger plans for him when they brought him in now. It was Miss Amy that was kind of not on board with it right away, which she was totally aligned with Mariota. And that's understandable. Mariota was a great guy and stuff. But it took a while for Tannehill to get that job. And you guys remember, Tannehill never ran his mouth once. He was always pro-Marcus, pro-team. He'll do whatever he needs to do. And honestly, I think he meant it. I do. I think he meant it. Derrick Henry, same thing. Team first. So that's why I love these guys. And from the outside, I just don't know if they get all that. And then the other thing would be Derrick Henry, we know deserves to be paid. We know he deserves to be paid. And I think he will be paid but they felt like with the whole thing of Tom Brady going on, quarterback seems to just get more love. Let's just be honest. Kirk Cousins was in franchise tags for, what, three straight years? I didn't even think you could franchise tag a guy three years. That's why I said, I think you need to change the rule a little bit on franchise tag. You have to open it up. You can't have too much money because for Henry, he's given up a lot this year. Like if he gets hurt and can't play again, he, he doesn't get that big contract, whereas a quarterback's getting three times the amount of money. I mean, your cap situation for a franchise tag is, what, roughly around $30 million for a quarterback, but it's 10 for a running back? That needs to change. They need to fix that because we know Derrick Henry was just as vital as, as Tannehill. Those two, somebody mentioned earlier in the house, I think it was Mr. Titan, Peanut Butter, and Jelly, those two go together. And uh, that's why I'm excited about Titans fan. And when you guys... Here out there, oh, well, Tannehill can't do it again. That's crap because Tannehill can do it again because he's got Derrick Henry to help. I feel kind of, I'm, I was upset, obviously, but I just feel like I've given a lot of praise to someone because I thought they were a good person. I, I saw the Netflix stuff. I saw the, the quarterback, you know, through the high school. Uh, this guy was a very, very strong Christian. I mean, he seemed this family was super cool. Uh, seemed like a team first guy. But man, what in the world? What in the world was Jake Fromm thinking? Like, what in the world? So, this is where I go back. To, you know, J Rob. We we may not always agree with J Rob and what he's doing and what he's. You know what I mean? But this, I'll be honest with you, with so much going on right now and the Drew Brees and everything else going on. This will get overlooked. Everybody will move past this. He'll be the backup in Buffalo. He's already came out to his team. But if this was not, if none of that other stuff was going on, I mean, this is what we would all be talking about throughout the, the so I just wanted to 
say that I am very disgusted with his comments. Supposed to be like the guy that that knows how to read defenses and he, I just can't I don't understand why some of us say stupid stuff. I just I'll never get it, you know, but all right, we got 51. Perfect. So, uh Ryan Walker, thanks for the comment, man. Uh you guys have a great day and uh Kelvin agrees about the cap. So, thank you so much for that. Uh, Jesse says, love the show, Titans content. We can especially with no training camp. Um, next week, we'll still do Titan Upload Live or Tuesday Night Lights. We're going to talk about the Vikings. And I forget who the other team was. The Bills. The Vikings and the Bills on Tuesday Night Lights. Uh, Ryan also says Tannehill is a stand-up guy. Yeah, I, I really respected Tannehill a lot when he played out that whole Marcus Mariota thing. He didn't overstep, but they said the two big differences before I go off air between Tannehill and Mariota, Tannehill will tell you what you're doing wrong. Mariota takes the blame for it, okay? And I'm not saying that either or is better at certain times. I really admire people that try to take, you know, I would kind of put myself more into Mariota where if something goes wrong, I kind of look at myself and say, well, what could I have done better? But on the football field, when you got Corey Davis running the wrong route, you got Taewon Taylor dropping the ball, you got other people just not doing what they're supposed to, you know, and they're in the wrong position. Marcus Mariota is taking that blame all the time where Tannehill is going to them and supposedly talking to him. The second thing Tannehill supposedly does is he gets together with his receivers throughout the summer and he works out with them consistently, whereas Marcus Mariota, we know, may have done this privately and we don't know about, but he would always bring the guys out to L.A. They would work out for maybe three, four days, and that was it. Now we see Logan Woodside doing this now. We haven't heard much about Tannehill other than him working out with Johnny Smith, but a lot might have to do with the pandemic we're going through, honestly. That might be why. You know, Tannehill lives in Miami. I don't even, I know Davis lives in right around Chicago, suburbs of Chicago. Um, you know, I'm not sure where AJ Brown lives right now. Um, but like I said, these guys aren't all connected together. Um, so it's not as easy as it was in Miami for Tannehill when he lived in Miami, played in Miami and the players, obviously probably a lot of them lived in Miami. So it might've been a lot easier. I want to go back and make sure I got all the super chats real quick. So we had big O a shout out to you. Shout out to Joey Millington for your super chat. I don't want to forget them. That's why I love the new program. These don't delete. Owen had two super chats. So shout out to you twice. There's Owen again. Um, Joey had two super chats as well. Shout out to him again. All you guys, for your comments, thanks again too. Um, Luke says AJ lives in Nashville now. Man, if you could live anywhere, Nashville is very hard to pass up, right? We're going to continue to try to move down there. And we'll leave it at this. LGRW says Tannehill and Henry co-MVPs. Man, if that happens, that has to be a Super Bowl, right? Has to be a Super Bowl. All right. Thanks again, man. 52 likes. It's been fun. It was fun getting out the old coffee cup this morning with Tennessee on the side. It's always fun with the helmets. Man, the morning, not too bad. It was fun. Set up last night before I went to bed, woke up. Um, had some coffee with my wife, came down here and, um, my son's already been on Fortnite. Surprisingly, he was on there like seven 30 in the morning, but you guys gave up your time. We had some of you different parts of the globe. 
So it was fun. So thanks again for everything. And just like I always say, we'll end the show on this. Tighten up.